It's time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s Uncensored. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And we're going to do a wheel spin. Yeah, we haven't done one of these in a while. Cool. Yeah, and do you remember we had two left? Yeah, I noticed you've got left. all of the years up here. Yeah, because I, I had a little piece of paper, had it had them on and I don't know where it is and I don't want to do research. Okay. So those two years that we didn't do, well, screw you. Mm. You're here. You're still here. Good luck to you. Yeah. We're just, we're good. From now on, we're just going to do the years. I, I I don't want to think too hard. I just want to have the years and whatever happens, happens. That's how we'll roll from now on. I think that works. Yeah. So we're going to spin this wheel. Are you, are you ready? Let's do it. Could pick our year. 1984. Ooh, 1984, huh? Okay. I like 1984. There's a lot of good stuff. A lot of stuff from 1984. All right. And now we're going to pick our topic. Here we go. Uh, cartoons. Cartoons. Yes. Dude, 1984 was awesome for cartoons. Absolutely. Okay. Now we're going we're gonna to do our, our segment. List of four. List of four. Okay. Well, this should be a fun one. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll see you guys in the future. We're in the future. Yeah. So uh, the wheel gave us 1984 cartoons, list of four. Yeah. But here's the deal. We got to say this first. So we're talking about four cartoons that debuted in 1984, but we're not going to talk about Transformers. We're not going to talk about GoBots. So before you geek freak on us and, <laughs> and start being all like, oh, what about Transformers and GoBots? Remember, just over a year ago, the wheel said 1984 toys, and we did a whole podcast about uh, Transformers versus GoBots, which included not only the cartoons, but the toys. We had a whole podcast about that. So we're not going to cover that. We're going to include that in the show notes as a supplement to this one. But don't freak out on us. We have another show just for that, just for you. If you think that we didn't cover it, like we totally missed it, we didn't. Chill out. Uh, that's a good call out, Jamie, because you know people would be like, wait a minute. Transformers came um, out in Excuse me. I think the most important and influential cartoons of 1984 were missed. They weren't. No. It's intentional. Yeah. Okay. So we got four of them. We got four each. Yeah. Do you want me to start us off? After you, sir. After you. I'm going to start with Muppet Babies. I love Muppet Babies. And it's so strange that so many people did because it's all these little Muppet Babies. And you'd think that it'd be kind of a little kid show, but it was actually pretty smart. A lot of teenagers and even adults like this show. It was derived from, do you remember uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan? Yeah, came out that same year. Well, there was a scene with the baby Muppets that was really popular, and they got the idea like, "Hey, what if we did a baby a show with baby Muppets?" Uh, and so they did, and it was huge. Um, Dave Collier did a whole bunch of voices, like half the characters in it. Howie Mandel was actually on it for the first few years. And do you remember Barbara Billingsley, the mom from Leave It to Beaver? I do. Yeah, she was nanny, and I think she has the most like. I want her to take care of me every time she talks. <laughs> they were the first to use a lot of like stock footage and clips from popular movies and Hollywood shorts. So they're kind of first kind of cartoon to do that, which do you, you probably remember that, right? Where they had, no, I, I barely remember that show truthfully. So did they have like cuts of like live action stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Very 
Pee Wee Herman esque almost. Okay. They had cuts to live action stuff, which was very unique for a cartoon at the time, but it would kind of come back to bite them. And this is why you don't see it on TV much anymore because there's a lot of licensing problems. That show has a lot of license because they used a lot of clips from like Hollywood movies and stuff that they didn't have a license for, which is why it's hard to syndicate the show now, which is why you don't see it anymore. So if anybody's got like the VHS box set, um, it's it's probably gold because it 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 is this isn't just isn't seen much anymore, which is sad because I think it's a great show. Yeah, I I mean I remember it being out, but I don't recall ever watching it. I, I must have been like at an age where I'm like I'm too old for Muppet Babies. I, I, I would have thought so too, Barbers. but it was actually pretty smart. If you if you if you get a hold of a few episodes, you'll see that it's actually it's actually pretty smart. It's a pretty it's a pretty smart show. So okay. give it another shot, Milo. But you can't find it anywhere. Well, I know, but you can probably you're good at that um, appropriating <laughs> things. Okay. All right, <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, uh, I think your Muppet Babies leads perfectly into the first one I will talk about, which is Kid Video. So speaking of cartoons that uh, cut away to live action stuff. That was also Kid Video. They did 26 episodes. Uh, so it ran for that one season, and then they did reruns through 87. So basically, Kid Video and his band. So there's Kid, Carla, Ash, and Wiz. They're real-life band, sort of, who get drawn into this world called the flip side by this guy called Master Blaster. And what Master Blaster <laughs> wants to do uh, is you know, basically just make them music slaves so he can let them play music. And he has his band called the copycats and the copycats play the music stolen from real life artists. And they do a lot of that same thing. So they would actually have like Lionel Richie songs, uh, like popular music of the day in the series and kid video and his crew would have to like rescue them to get them back to the real world. And so during the series, they would have cutaways to like actual live action music videos, or they'd have like sequences where music is playing and they're doing like montage type stuff to it. Uh, it, it's basically MTV for kids on Saturday. Uh, so the kids get drawn in, but they they escape thanks to being rescued by a fairy named glitter. And um, they spend each episode just rescuing bands that get drawn into the world or trying to find their way back home kind of thing. Uh, Quantum Leap style. Kids Incorporated meets Quantum Leap. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. The kids that made up the band in the series, they were put together by the producers to be a real band. So mm -hmm. each episode would actually end with a, a music video, like a live action music video of that band. And the kids actually did the voices and played the music. And this is interesting. Like they release an album in 1987 of like original songs uh, that they did. And you can't find it. I actually was looking for it. So if anybody has it, uh, let us know. They even in 1985 did like a bunch of kid actors from the mid eighties to do like a, um, uh, uh, what's what was that music around the you know where they got all the musicians together and sang for Farm Relief or whatever Live Aid Live or Aid, Farm Aid or Farm yeah they did kind of like that and it was for famine in Africa and they had people like Jason Bateman and Joey Lawrence and William William Zabica were on there and stuff participated in the song We are the world 
We are the children. But it was their own song. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was that one. And it's, it's got the same problem as your Muppet Babies is you can't find it anymore because all of the music that was licensed for it and no longer is licensed. So you can't find episodes of it anymore. Yeah, that's sad that these artifact like these really good artifacts of 80s culture are so hard to find yeah because you of the licensing stuff some episodes on youtube but they're really low quality you know yeah copied from, Ripped from a VA copy of a vhs that someone taped in 1984 <laughs> exactly i found one today and it literally was a full-on tape of the episode even the commercial breaks oh even the commercials <laughs> yeah. the little tape lines popping in every now and then yeah yep, <laughs> just exactly your tracking bro <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah my next one is heathcliff based on the uh george gaitley comic strip like the newspaper comic strip I'm talking about the 1984 one um, with the Cadillac Cats, but that's actually the second series. There was the first series was from 80 to 84. Um, Mel Blanc was still the voice um, of Heathcliff in both ones, but there was one before that, and it had like Dingbad and Marmaduke. So the uh, the Cadillac Cats were the included in the second series, which started in 84, went to 88. So. I remember this. I liked this show, and I especially liked the Cadillac Cats. The Cadillac Cats were probably even my 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 favorite because you had kind of the leader, and you had kind of the hip one who just talked in rhymes. It was totally eighties. Like he had the earphones on, and he's like talking in rhymes, like he's rapping all the time. And you had the big dumb one. Um, I, I just I thought it was kind of cool. This I remember this came on in kind of weird hours. And I remember the the theme song, Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should terrify their neighborhood. Remember that? I do. That was rad, right? <clears throat> but then they had the haughty cat, the like the, the Cadillac cat's leader's girlfriend. And she was pretty hot for a cat. She had the leg warmers. She's one of those anthropomorphic cartoon animals that I still kind of think are kind of sexy. Like, like if I was a cartoon cat. I'd yeah, if I were a cartoon cat, I'd be chasing, I'd be chasing her. But yeah, th- but I, it, it's interesting to me that this was the the this the what I thought was the only Heathcliff series was the second series. Um, of Mel Blanc did both the voice for Heathcliff on both of them. But yeah, I think Heathcliff is underrated because um, he's overshadowed by Garfield. But if I'm not mistaken, Heathcliff was the original Orange Cat. Yeah, I don't know which one came out first, but I do I do know I liked Heathcliff better. Like, he was much mm-hmm. cooler and he much more interesting. Cool. And like, yeah, I mean, Garfield was just a lazy slob complaining all the yeah, time. Yeah, Heathcliff was out and about. He had a girlfriend. He's getting yeah. into fights with the dogs. He's making He was making deals with mice. He was out in the neighborhood prowling around. He was he was out meeting other cats and getting into trouble, whereas Garfield's like, oh, my fat ass can't get out of my box. Get bring me some lasagna, John. And it's always in his house. He never leaves his house. So when he yeah, does, he's like, ah, I want to leave the house. Kind of like a COVID-19 kind of cat where he just kind of stays in his house. He doesn't go anywhere. He's just lazy. But but Heathcliff's out tearing up the town and making things happen. So I think Heathcliff's better. I, I like Garfield, but I think Heathcliff's actually better. I agree. Well, let's move into my next one, which is Rainbow Bright. 
That's your favorite, right, bro? (laughs) You love me some Rainbow Bright. What's funny about this one is they only did 13 episodes in 1984. And uh, they did like a mini movie thing and stuff like that. But I I feel like this was bigger, but I guess it wasn't. I was about to say... Rainbow Bright was huge, at least as far as I can remember. And I'm a, I'm a, I was a boy. Yeah. But Rainbow Bright was huge. That's and the they thing. only did like that limited number of episodes. Yeah. And it was years later that they did other stuff. Huh? Yeah. They did like a feature length film in 1985. And then it was like many years later that they did another series of it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just 13 episodes. It was. It's funny, of course, how it came about is that Hallmark, who owned Rainbow Wright, the the character, licensed it to Mattel for a range of dolls, which made the cartoon series. So it was one of those 80s cartoons made mm-hmm. just for the sole purpose of selling toys. Yeah. But yeah, you have Rainbow Bright. And what she does is she gets drawn into this dark world of grays and she needs to bring color to it and to make everything great by locating the sphere of light. And along the way, she befriends a twink named Sprite. <laughs> and it's He's a twink? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rainbows and twinks. Yep. 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 His name's Twink. And along with her magnificent horse, Starlight, and the color kids, they go around and fight the King of Shadows to turn the darker gray world into liberated brightness. Yeah, it was definitely not my thing. Well, maybe Rainbow Bright and her twink were actually the oppressors because maybe some people just like their dark world. Maybe they're just hanging out kind of goth style. They're kind of depressed or whatever. They're just drinking coffee, reading some reading some poetry, and they're chilling out in their dark, rainy little world. And all of a sudden, Captain Technicolor and her twink come and just start messing everything up. And they're like, dude, like we actually just want to chill. Is it okay? We don't we don't really want to be all color and happy. No, you gotta be colorful and happy all the time. So I think maybe Rainbow Bright was actually the bad guy. Yeah, you're probably right. Because if she came like to Seattle and she's like, hey, everybody be happy all the time. It's so gray here in Seattle. Yeah, I'm going to make it bright. Me and my friend Twink. (laughs) Rainbow Bright, you're you're the oppressor. Okay. Yeah. I watched a little bit of it today and I'm like, uh. uh." (laughs) Hey, man, the things we do for this podcast. We we suffer for our art. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Well, I didn't suffer watching this next one, which was Danger Mouse. At first, I was kind of confused why we put this on the list, because this uh, is a British cartoon that started in 1981. But we put it on our... We didn't see it until 1984, because that's when it debuted on Nickelodeon, which was Nickelodeon's first animated show. Hmm. And it it was its most popular show, animated show, and its most. And then the other live action show was you can't do that on te- television. So Nickelodeon's first two productions were British and Canadian. So this is a British parody of a TV, like a spy TV show called Danger Man from 1960. Um, I remember this show, and it came on. I remember it came on kind of weird times because I. I had a weird schedule. I was up and either early or staying up late or whatever, but it's kind of got that British satire humor that even adults could probably appreciate. Interesting fact, 
Danger Mouse and his pal Penfold lived in a mailbox outside of Sherlock Holmes' house on 221B Baker Street. Mm. Was this the fictional location of their the mailbox that they lived in. And Penfold, the name of his of Danger Mouse's partner, that's all that he's named after the creator of those iconic British mailboxes, who, whose name was Penfold. So there's a little bit of trivia for you. I love the theme song for Danger Mouse. Yeah. Danger Mouse. He's a Yeah, yeah. It's got one of the best theme songs of of all cartoons. I agree. Um it's it's kind of weird. It's if you're American because it's it's kind of it's very Brit British. It it's obviously very British, but uh, I liked it. I thought it was kind of smart. And it did have a wicked theme song. You're right. Yeah, they rebooted in, in 2015 on Netflix. I guess. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Danger Mouse. I think Danger Mouse is the bomb. I'm going to talk about the new Scooby Doo mysteries. Now, of course, we all know Scooby Doo's been around forever, and they've done various iterations of this. So the new Scooby Doo mysteries was actually the second season of the new Scooby and Scrappy-Doo show. So this is where they introduced the annoying Scrappy-Doo. And so the first season, Scrappy, he's so annoying. Yeah. So the new Scooby and Scrappy-Doo show premiered in 1983. And I didn't realize this. It was just them. And then they had Daphne on it, but not the rest of the Scooby gang. Then in 1984, they changed it to the new Scooby-Doo Mysteries and kept Daphne, Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy. And Fred and Velma made a couple appearances, but it was literally just Daphne, Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy. What it was is Daphne was a reporter and then she came back to help with like reporting type stuff or whatever. So other than that, it's the same premise, right? They solve mysteries, scary ghosts, monsters, that kind of stuff that turn out I usually got away with it too. If it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, the opening title is a rap song, not <laughs> the usual Scooby Dooby Doo. Where are you? They have a oh, couple no. of those lines in it, but it's actually like, come on, Scooby, where you been? Troubles on the loose again, Scooby. They're not going to get you Scooby. You know, like it's this stupid ass rap song. And it's like, I've, I vaguely remember seeing episodes of this, but the thing is, I don't like Scrappy and I find him irritating. So generally, anytime I saw a Scooby-Doo episode that had Scrappy on it, no matter what members of the gang were involved, I'd usually find something else to watch. Yeah, I'm with you. Scrappy was annoying. He, he was kind of just he had this, they, they thought they tried to make him cute by making him like really petulant, mm-hmm. but he's, he's not. And I'm with you with the rap song. For some reason in the 80s, rap was new. And then it was there was this really lame 80s style rap that people would often try to do for other things besides hip hop. And it just didn't work. Yeah, the Super Bowl shuffle and the oh, yeah, Scooby-Doo theme song. And luckily, the 90s started producing better hip hop kind of stuff because <laughs> the 80s was still it was still pretty shaky i don't remember this at all I, I only remember the original series so i didn't even know about this probably well i knew about scrappy 
Yeah. So you must have seen episodes of this or other episodes of, because the thing with Scooby is they're all just kind of mixed together. Yeah, like, I, 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 I couldn't even find the exact number of episodes released. So it ranges anywhere between like 20 and 13, <laughs> depending on the source. Yeah. They, they so, got it all mixed up. My last one's called the Mighty Orbots. Have you ever heard of this? No. I, well, I've never well, heard I mean, of it I either. Have when we did our little when we did the thing, but it's it's no wonder you've never heard of it. It's this Japanese cartoon that uh, only aired in the U.S. from September to December in the U.S. on Saturday mornings of 1984. So like, it was even only little kids won't watch this. Cancel. Well, it was only around. It only did one season, and they only did like three months of airplay in the United States, um, which is interesting to me. So it's this Japanese cartoon about Rob Simmons, who creates this group of robots um, to help him serve in the Galactic Patrol. And the Galactic Patrol has to protect the Earth and the universe against the organization called Shadow, led by Umbra, who's like this planet dark lord planet ego thing who and he talks just like dr claw from inspector gadget he even at the end oh I'm somehow some way i'll get you or but he's like oh, dr claw called totally stole that from him so they were actually this they were sued by the maker of gobots because they they said oh this is too similar to gobots which is complete kind of baseless because it's way more like Voltron. So all these robots, when, when it, you know, they're kind of these goofy robots hanging out and then they get together, they form into like a bigger robot. Right. So the guy, and he's got a little robot sidekick and then he's like, let's go save this ship from these asteroids. And then they form together and they go try to save the ship. But unlike Voltron where they're getting their ass kicked individually and then they form Voltron to kick, kick ass these guys formed their thing to go fight at, like get rid of all the asteroids. But then they're like, Hey, we'll do better off individually. And then they unform. <laughs> so they anti Voltron. Were they like lion like? No, they were just kind of robots. They weren't, they weren't lion like they were just humanoid robots. And there were two girl robots, which is interesting because usually you'd only have one, but they had two girls and they're both kind of haughty robots. Um, so that I thought that was interesting, but they save these rock stars, these intergalactic rock stars who actually work for shadow. And, you know, it's very eighties cartoon. It's, I just didn't, I would probably have liked it in 1984 if I knew about it. Um, the animation's good. Um, but yeah, it was only on for one. They say a lot of the, the GoBots problems are probably what led to them canceling it even though it wasn't gobots it was way more like voltron very amb very ambiguous cartoon uh but i'm glad i know about it because i i think it's interesting little sliver of 1984 cartoon history that i think other people should know about it's it's a fun cartoon i would have liked to maybe have seen if it had gone on further like what what could have happened with it or maybe they can do some kind of revival if you want to reboot things why not reboot things that are ambiguous like this right stop rebooting things that everybody already know and love why not reboot the mighty orbots nobody really knows about it but it's kind of cool it'd be kind of interesting to reboot this hollywood hello are you listening are you listening 
but Mighty Orbots, why not reboot that? Nobody really knows a lot about it, but it's kind of fun and interesting. I don't know why you, why don't you, why don't you listen to me? I don't know either. I don't know either. But speaking of Voltron, that was also released in 1984. So Voltron's interesting because basically what it was, a Japanese animation called Go Lion. And then there was actually another Voltron uh, original series that became kind of the, the Cars one. So basically, uh, this guy assembled a team in LA. They were supposed to get the series of a Japanese animation, like you were saying, to turn it into a show here. And this one was actually the one sent when, in fact, it was actually supposed to be a different series that was sent. And they didn't realize that at the time. But so they get it. They totally remix it. So the original Japanese version has a lot of violence in it and stuff like that. They have like people dying. They have like um, so, you know, in Voltron, the lion, the lion's Voltron, they go to the to the planet with Princess Allura and all that kind of stuff. And find the robots and fight uh, King Zarkon. In the original Japanese animation, that's actually Earth that they go to. And Earth was destroyed by war. And the, it, so it has this whole kind of like a little bit, but they felt like that was too violent and stuff for the American audiences. So I'd love to find the original. So they take this, they translate it into English, completely revised plots and all that kind of stuff because they didn't. What's funny is the thing I was reading, it actually said, since they had no means of translating the Japanese series into English, they, and it's like, you couldn't find a Japanese translator. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's some ambiguous like language dialect yeah. of Navajo or something. Come on, man. <laughs> totally. But anyway, so they redid the series. And it was a huge hit. Um, you know, all the kids loved it and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. The toys were great. Uh, it's had multiple series since then, comic books, toys. Uh, Netflix even just redid a series of it recently, mm -hmm. which, which I watched. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. So that's so it was all split into like two parts. So you had Lion Force or Voltron Defender of the Universe, which was based on the anime Beast King Go Lion. And then you also had, which was the five robots coming together. And that one, that was my favorite of the two uh, because I, I just, I liked it. I thought the setting up and the finding the robots was really good. After a while, it became really repetitive. It's like, what Robeast is the Hagar the Witch going to send? And, oh, we're getting our ass kicked. Time to form yeah. Voltron. Oh, yeah. we win. Yay. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> much. But the first few episodes of that is really good because it's a cool story of them like getting to the plant, going to get captured by Zorkon. They escape. They end up on the planet. They find the robots. Uh, they help uh, Princess Allura and all that. But it is kind of funny if you think about it, because they somehow instantly know how to like pilot the robots, right? <laughs> it's like, here's the keys to your robots and uh, matching suits and uh, go for it. And they're like, yeah, we know how to fire these. <laughs> we don't need any training. <laughs> yeah, we're good. And then you had the other one, which is, was the vehicle team robot. And that was transformed or that's <laughs> transformed. That was created from Armored Fleet Dirigir 15. And that was also heavily edited and that kind of stuff. And that one was less popular. It had 15 vehicles, which were broken up into three teams, the aqua team, the land team, and the air team. And they were flying around in space, 
you know, fighting Drulier, the bad guy and stuff like that. And they did a couple crossover episodes and stuff between the two. But I don't know. The, the other one just wasn't as popular. And I agree. I, I didn't. I watched the car, the, the vehicles one. But personally, I was a Lions fan myself. Yeah, that was the only one I actually remember. So I'm with you on that. It seems like everybody feels the same way because any sequels or reboot makes that they've done since have all been the Lions. The cars have just kind of been forgotten to time. That says something about it. (laughs) That's a clue. They were talking about doing a live action film because after doing Transformers and making a huge amount of money, they're like, let's do do a live action Voltron. But as of this date, it has never. Well, don't let Michael Bay do it. Yeah, you do. do it. Let somebody else do it. Del Toro. What, what's his name? The guy that did Pacific Rim. Oh yeah, that might be good. Yeah, he'd probably be good. Pacific Rim guy. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. A lot of really cool cartoons came out in 1984, and we've just mentioned four each, eight eight total. Not to mention yeah. the aforementioned Transformers. So if uh, you have a cartoon from 84 that you remember or want to talk about, you can always reach us on Twitter at the 80s and 90s com. You can find us on the web at the 80s and 90s dot com. Lots of cool stuff on the site. Go check it out. And with that, we are going to say we are out of here. Like anyone's chances of seeing kid video or Muppet Babies full release due to licensing issues. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 